0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Crime Weekly News. I'm Derek Lavasser,
1: And I'm Stephanie Harlow.
0: And we're going to get right into this week's episode. But before we do, we're going to plug some new merch. In case you can't see, if you're watching on YouTube, you can definitely see if you're listening on audio. You're just going to have to imagine it or go over to the YouTube channel and check these things out because they are fire. Uh, I'll overmind real quick. If you're not watching on YouTube, you can see here kind of derived from a phrase I use often, the nothing burger right there in the middle. And J&R Marketing did a great job of adding on to it, creating what we call the weekly meal. <laughs> so it's basically, uh, you get some fries, you get a little shake or a soda or whatever your preference is. And uh, yeah, some lies. <laughs> and uh, right now, and Stephanie, why don't you tell them what you have on real quick and then we can tell them where they can so go. So I feel
1: like this shirt was the best selling at Crime Comedy. Without a doubt, yeah.
0: without a doubt the best one, not even close.
1: So it says Crime Weekly Sofa Division and I like it because the O in sofa is like a little, oh, what is that called? A little magnifying glass. Yeah, I always I always want to call it a microscope. but mm. And then the uh, <laughs> the Owen division is a thumbprint, but my favorite part is the back.
0: Yep, the back's fire. People actually thought that was two different shirts.
1: <laughs> Can you see? Oh, my God. Can you see?
0: Yeah, solving crimes from the sofa. It's got a sofa with caution tape around it since 2020, which is obviously... When we started the podcast, December 4th, 2020.
1: And uh, I love it. We... I love the colors. The red really pops. Like I like the sofa on the back. It's a really good quality. Um, I ha- I actually have this in a normal size and I got it in a 3XL as well to wear to bed. and sleep
0: in. Good call. I, yeah. I yeah love and it. right now you can get these two shirts and also the white Crime Weekly shirt and a baby blue Crime Weekly hoodie over at CrimeWeeklyPodcast.com. All you have to do is click shop, and the four items are right there. They only come in the colors that you're seeing right now. So you get the black for the hat, the weekly meal, the gray for the sofa division, white for Crime Weekly, and then baby blue for the hoodie. We did that to keep it simple, and it's also easier to keep it in stock because when you have multiple colors, then you have to have sizes for those multiple colors which makes it harder to keep up on inventory so you can get what you want. So if you go over there right now, again, it's CrimeWeeklyPodcast.com. The website needs to be updated. We're working on that, so bear with us there. We're going to redo the entire thing. But for right now, you just click shop, and it brings you right to it. Because some of you had mentioned that you didn't see these T-shirts on our Bonfire link, which I removed from the website, but some of you still had it saved or in in your browser or whatever. So yes, when you go to Bonfire, you're going to see some of the older items we had, like the pineapple shirt, which will be coming over to this website as well at some point. Um, but eventually I'm just going to shut that Bonfire store down. I might even do it this week. So you definitely want to go over to CrimeWeeklyPodcast.com to get these shirts and any others that we drop in the future. Any final words from you, Stephanie, before we dive into it? Nope. All right. Terrible segue here, but this is a really sad story. We're going to get right into it. On Saturday, September 30th, 2023, nine-year-old Charlotte Senna was camping with her family at Murrow Lake State Park near Albany, New York, when she went for a bike ride with some close friends around dinner time. She was riding her bike in one of the loops in the state park, and she had done a few loops with her friends and wanted to do one more before heading back to the campsite, so her friends went on without her, reporting they last saw her at approximately 6.15 p.m. When she was not back within 10 minutes, her family went out looking for her, and she she was reported missing at 6.45 p.m. Parents' worst nightmare right here.
1: Yeah. Um, I've been following this case because it is kind of local to me. It's, uh, you know, just a couple hours away from me. And yeah, like you said, this has been always my my worst nightmare. And my, my kids wonder why I'm so overprotective because it can happen like it's a state park. You know, what's a state park? It's not like you're in the middle of the city. It's not like it's a super populated area. A state park. And you just cannot let your kids out of your sight. Anything could happen. And this could have gone very, very badly. This could have gone worse than it than it did. And and luckily there was a happy ending here. But it's still an interesting case to talk about because what happened well, there's was a lesson. Yeah, there's a huge lesson.
0: That's that's the point. That's what we're trying to do here with these. That, you know, even when we don't have a positive outcome, what's the lesson we can take from it? And and like you said, this one is positive, but we can still learn a lot from it.
1: It's also a reminder because I even find myself <laughs> yeah. getting a little lax sometimes because now that my son's getting older, he's 11, he's trying to exert his, oh, he's 12. He just turned 12. He's trying to exert his independence. He wants to go out and do more things. He wants to ride his bike to the neighborhood behind our house. He wants to do all of this stuff. And I know that eventually I have to sort of let him do do that a little bit, right? hmm mm-hmm. But do I? <laughs> you know, like, Do I? 12 is still very young. So- yep. Agree. It, it is a reminder to not kind of let your kids bully you into giving them more independence and more freedom than they are ready for, because they don't really understand the world and what's out there in the same way that, that we do, especially you and I, considering what we do every day.
0: Can I weigh in on this real quick before we get into this actual story? Because you bring up some valid points there, because I think people come to us and they, they're looking for guidance, especially working some of these cases in the past. And there's no right answer as far as when it's okay for your child to be out on their own. Yeah, You have to make that decision. But one rule of thumb that I will apply when my children are old enough is... Are they physically capable of, of defending themselves and getting away from someone? Now, again, if they encounter someone huge or you know fast, it might not be the case. But overall, are they in a position where if they see something that's not right, can they pedal fast enough? Can they run fast enough? Or if they get into a small altercation, can they at least hold their own? And I think that's how you got to kind of judge it because you can have a 17-year-old boy who's three feet tall and, you know, 60 pounds. Mm -hmm. He's someone who's going to be a victim of opportunity for most people. They're going to see him as someone who could be easily overtaken and therefore susceptible to something like this. So I don't think you can base it on age or experience. I know that's a really kind of sad way of looking at it, but as I go forward with it, if my girls are not in a position where I felt like if someone approached them, like, let's just say a man in this situation, that they could at least scratch and claw their way out of it, then I'm not going to leave them alone. I got to be there or my wife has to be there to defend them, period. If, if that's not the case, then they're not going alone. And if they don't like it, they can be mad at me. I'd rather have them be mad at me than me lose them forever. That's just the way I look at it. Wait, You know, pros and cons.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I remember being that age and wanting to do the same. So there's a little bit of that, like, oh, you of know, course. I have to. We, are, we all Same thing. I have to give him a little leash. Like I have to let him, you know, do things on his own. But there's a he's happy He's getting medium. to the
0: point. He's not like a I, I haven't seen him in person in a while, but he's getting to the point. Maybe another year or two. I feel like he might be in a position where if someone confronted him. He could at least get away from that person, whether it's, you know, if he's on a bike or he has to use a fist or whatever. I also think, isn't your son going to some self-defense type stuff boxing, as well? Yeah, Boxing. I love it. I love that. And I recommend that for all you guys out there. I took boxing as a kid, too. One of those things, boy, girl, don't really care. Get him into something. Mm-hmm. Our, our editor, Shannon, does ji-jitsu mm-hmm. Love jujitsu. Love jujitsu amazing stuff it's good for the it's good for your health mm-hmm. and it also you hope you never use it but if you need to in that moment having that muscle memory might save your life so maybe think about getting your kids into something whether it's karate or boxing or jujitsu. jitsu there's tons of stuff out there that can be a lot of fun you can do it
1: with them teach them how to run real fast how to run real you yeah know, get on something. the track team
0: but something where you can get them into something where if they're found in a situation that's a physical altercation where someone tries to grab them they know what to do and when all else fails kick him in the you know what that's my final word on that
1: yeah it's very dude when this happened i was like because this happened at the end of september and i was like see this is and i I show my kids you know i'm like this is what's going on like look at This this is why look at this girl's picture she looks like a girl you go to school with i'm sure she looks like a girl that could be sitting in your classroom no one knows where she is right now she's in a place where her parents cannot find her if you get to a place where i cannot find you aiden what can i do i'll try my best help? i'll I'll, I'll search to the ends of the earth but what am i going to do so that's it. you know it, there's there's a little bit of fear tactics yeah but i think that's needed so how charlotte's parents kind of figured out that she was you know missing and that they feared that she was abducted was they went to go find her and they found her bike abandoned in that loop and they were like oh, shit, you know, she's not the type of person who's just going to get off her bike and start walking. Why would she get off her bike when she can ride her bike back to the campsite? There's not a flat tire. The bike's in fine working condition. What's going on here? This definitely to them said she's been taken. Once again, parents' worst nightmare. I don't know what I would do. So state police were very quick. They were on the scene by 7 p.m., By uh, the following Sunday afternoon, over 100 people were searching the state park. They were joined by another 300 people the following day. But luckily, around 6.30 p.m. on Monday, October 2nd, the Amber Alert for Charlotte was canceled and law enforcement officials announced she had been found safe. So 46-year-old Craig Ross Jr. was taken into custody after Charlotte was found in a cabinet inside this RV behind his mother's home near the intersection of Middle Line Road and Barnett Street, which is kind of right around the corner from the state park. And Ross was tracked down after Charlotte's parents received a ransom note that had been placed in their mailbox demanding $50,000. His fingerprints were found on the note. They ran the prints. It was discovered he was in the New York State Police System for a 1999 DWI charge in Saratoga Springs. They also cross-checked that against cell phone pings from people who were in the park at the time of Charlotte's abduction, and Ross was one of them. Now, since Charlotte's been taken in safely, which, thank God, this could have gone so much worse, right? What if this dude's motive was not a ransom? What if his motive was, like many other child abductors,
0: Something more nefarious. Yeah. Something more nefarious. Just call what it is. Yeah.
1: By the time they figured out who he was, it would have been too late. Yep. So thank God that that didn't appear to be his motive in this case. But New York State Police, since she's been brought home safely, they've been very tight-lipped about it. But Ross's ex-girlfriend has started talking to the media, and she's basically said a bunch of stuff. She said, listen, this is some dude who never wants to work. He always wants to find people to mooch off of. He lives in an RV behind his mom's house. He's kind of a loser, and this ex-girlfriend, her name's Amanda Priest, and she says the motive was money, which, I mean, it's pretty obvious because he asked for yeah, a yeah. ransom. Yep. But the interesting thing is, it looks like he targeted Charlotte Cena purposely. So, Amanda Priest said, quote, Charlotte's grandfather sued the town of Greenfield years ago, and people around Saratoga are aware of this. I think that's why he held her ransom. He was hoping to get some of the money because he's struggling financially, end quote. So, it turns out Charlotte's grandfather, Patrick Cena, sued the town in 1998 after a sledding accident. He was awarded $2.2 million in that settlement. And Amanda Priest says that Ross was basically following the family and he knew where they lived. Because of this settlement, she also said that a few months ago, Ross had put a tarp up over the windows of his RV that he'd been living in. So she believes this was premeditated. He was following the family. He was watching Charlotte's whereabouts. Most likely he followed them from their home to the state park. And that is when he waited for Charlotte to be on her own. The opportunity was there once again. I understand that Charlotte wanted to ride around the loop one more time. And her friends were like, okay, this seems pretty safe. We'll catch you back at the campsite in a couple minutes. A child should never be left alone because if somebody is following them or if somebody with bad intentions is wandering by, that does open up the crime of opportunity window, which is now this kid's alone. Nobody can identify me or my vehicle. I can snatch her and it'll be like I was never here. So at this point, Ross is being held on first-degree kidnapping charges. But just a few days ago, it was reported that Craig Ross Jr. may be looked at in connection to two cold case murders nearby, the murder of 19-year-old Christina White and 18-year-old Jennifer Hammond, who went missing two years apart in 2003 and 2005, and their bodies were later found dumped in rural Greenfield, New York. John Kelly, who's a criminal profiler and president of Stock Inc., told Fox News, "quote He's alleged to have abducted her, but we also know that the best." of present or future behavior is past behavior. So has he ever abducted in the past? End quote. Look at John Kelly saying a Derek lavasser
0: I can't take credit for that. Dr. Chris Mohandy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> my guy.
1: Look at John Kelly saying a Chris Mohandi. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. But he's right.
1: And that's why, you know, that's why you say it so often because it's absolutely true. I love true.
0: it. When he said I He said in the car that day, I'm like, damn, I am stealing that. I am stealing that and I am trademarking it. It's mine. Yeah. Now
1: it's John Kelly's.
0: Now it's John Kelly's (laughs) and everybody else in the country, because I'm sure Chris probably heard it from someone as well.
1: So Kelly says that whoever took White and Hammond knew the area very well and may have had a preference for redheads. And then they have this visual representation of Craig Ross Jr.'s potential route home from the state park. And they got this based on a time lapse video of his path home. And this is where, you know, police started asking people on that path who lived on that path for home security video so they could sort of like track him. And apparently his route home from the state park, runs near wooded areas that are linked to these two unsolved murders. So there's a potential that he may have been involved with those. I don't really know. I, I guess it's possible the MO of asking for a ransom doesn't really add up. However, what you will see is because Charlotte was nine and he knew her family had money and clearly he was able to watch this family and this little girl for long enough that he understood their movements he understood where they were going. He was able to follow them without being seen. He's not a newcomer to this sort of activity. So maybe he thought, well, I've kidnapped before. I've abducted successfully before. I can do it again. But in this case, instead of, you know, killing the person, I can get some money from it because I'm financially strapped. So it's not an an immediate um, you know, canceling him out as being potentially connected to these two unsolved murders of Christina White and Jennifer Hammond. The MO doesn't really match. However, the ages of the victims don't match either. So this could have just been a branching off from something he was used to. He could have been using his past knowledge in these successful abductions to to make some money. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think it's possible?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely possible. But that's that's the first thing I want to say here is New York State Police Um, I applaud you. Incredible job in this case, working what you have available, all the science and technology at your fingertips, using that to solve this case as quickly as possible and potentially save a life. That's number one. Secondly, you could have solved this case and then got up at a press conference and announced how great you are for, for saving this little girl. And you know what? Nobody would have faulted you for it. But instead, you're expanding that investigation. You're saying, okay, we solved this case, but now we have this monster in custody has he committed other crimes? So instead of just sitting there and you know putting their you know their their trophy around their neck or their their medal around their sh- neck, I should have said, and uh, just going with that, they're saying nope. We let's keep pulling on these threads. Let's see how much we can figure out that's a great investigator. That's a great division, whatever investigative division they're in. That's how you get it done. So congratulations to you guys. New York State Police stepping it up. There was also a New York State Police officer who was one of the individuals, I guess the main individual, who re-looked at the Rex Heuerman case, the Gilgo Beach case, and was the one that found that report that linked back to Rex Heuerman that was taken 10 years ago. So New York State Police, I'm not saying you're, I don't know everything. I'm sure people gonna be in the comments talking bad about them. But I mean, for the things it's that, a that we're here,
1: blanket statement to make like they're great or they're bad, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I agree. But the guys involved with this, great job. That's how it's done. Now for the lesson. Back to the lesson here. You said something in there that was important. Yes. You want to be with your kids at all times if you can as a parent, but if not, you want to ingrain in your children and their friends that under no circumstances do you leave one or the other alone. You always go together. You always go back to the simple phrase, buddy system. No one is ever left behind by themselves. Someone always has to stay with them. If you do that, you decrease the likelihood that the offender will attack, even if it's premeditated, because now they have to take control of two people. And if they are only able to get one. Now there's a witness out there that may potentially know what they look like, know what their vehicle looks like. So it may deter them just by you being there with your friend or your sibling. That's one. And then also as a parent, just to kind of add to what we were saying, to, saying earlier as far as age and also the size of your child and, and what their background is as far as self-defense, have they taken any training? All of those things should be part of the equation. I would also add in there location and setting. If they're in a location that's controlled, like your backyard or uh, a dead end street that has, you know, a gated, it's a gated community where it's no one in or out, you have a little bit more leeway there. If it's a setting where it's a gated community, but it's a public event where there's a ton of people there that you don't know, well, then it's off the table. So you have to evaluate every situation, but the simple rule of thumb is if there are people who have access to that area that you don't personally know, then you don't leave your kids alone. It sounds a little, maybe, you know, controlling, but I can promise you that if you do that, there's a high likelihood that your kids are going to be safe because frankly, you're never going to have your eyes off of them. And if someone decides to do something stupid, they're going to have to go through you first. And I, I can live with that. I can live with that, uh, that outcome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, the best possible outcome here with Charlotte. I Amazing. Was, I was real worried for a couple of days, real worried, because it's the last thing you want to see, especially that close to home. The last thing you want to see, a little nine-year-old girl. She's adorable. They're showing pictures of her on the news. It's, it's basically just a couple hours away from where you live. Now you're wondering, like, is there some child abductor on the loose? Do I have to be worried? Are there going to be more kids taken? Is she ever going to be found? There's a ton of questions running through your head, and I can't even imagine what her parents were going through, even for that short time. And uh, I'm sure that Charlotte's parents, it will be a long time before Charlotte's out riding her bike by herself.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And, and I'm glad that they, they have Charlotte back. And, and, you know, I think we can all learn from this by no means. We're blaming them. No, they, you know, they probably great. They parents, didn't know that their
1: friends were going <laughs> to leave know. them alone. Yes, yeah. exactly.
0: So it could happen to me. It could happen to you. It could happen mm-hmm. to anybody. But I think that the moral of the story is here, again, if if you're not someone who maybe get a little complacent, like you said, this kind of reels you back in Mm -hmm. because it doesn't just happen in the areas that you see in the movies. It can happen right in your own backyard and you could have been... Involved in a lawsuit years ago where you got money and you think nobody remembers it, but there could be someone out there who's on hard times and is and has decided to make you or someone you love their target. So yeah. you always have to be aware of your surroundings. You always have to be cognizant of the people that are in your immediate reach, I guess. Mm-hmm. We actually had someone put on social media on Instagram, I believe it was, where she was walking the track and she had one headphone in and she basically said, hey, listening to you know, podcast, but only with one AirPod in because Stephanie and Derek have made me so afraid of someone walking up behind me. And of I course. responded to her in the, I responded to her in the DMs and I said, I'm glad you're doing that, but make sure that bad boy's on transparency mode. Cause I don't even like that. And she's like, Ooh, good call. And I'm like, just saying it could always, we can always do better. That's how, we, that's how we prevent these things. So shout out to her and uh, shout out to all of you who take our advice and apply it every day and you're not just necessarily sitting here listening or watching these cases for the sake of the of the tragedy and it not being you you're educating yourself you're you're informing your 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 family members and you're empowering everyone around you so that you don't become a victim of a crime like this
1: be be vigilant be aware uh i wish i didn't have to give you that advice i wish i could give you more uplifting advice like dance like no one's watching sing like yeah. <laughs> no one's listening and live your life to your fullest like obviously do those in do those things in the in, in this safest environments you know that i you want can, you to yeah. have a great life but remain vigilant and be aware of your surroundings at all time for yourself for your family because it's not it's not a super rosy world out there all the time
0: well said We're going to be out of here. But again, if you want to pick up your merch, go to CrimeWeeklyPodcast.com. Check it out. We're going to be back later this week with a new episode. I won't spoil it tonight, but it's a new case. So make sure you check it out. Everyone stay safe out there. We'll see you soon.